0: Hello, loyal listeners of Housing Developments. This is Jim Tobin. I'm really excited about the next edition of our podcast where Jerry Howard and I get to introduce you to two very special guests. Uh, but I just want to tell you, uh, while they were on their way back to Washington, D.C., our guests were in their automobiles and driving through some weather. So the audio was a little bit spotty uh, during the trip. So uh, bear with us. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And uh, I know I'm excited about the message that they bring about a bipartisanship in, in Washington, D.C., Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Jim, we're very excited and very fortunate today to have with us uh, two of the most effective legislators that Congress has. Uh, Congressman uh, Josh Gottheimer from New Jersey, who's a member of the very powerful and influential financial services Uh, Committee, and Congressman Tom Reed of New York, uh, who's a member of the Ways and Means Committee, uh, equally powerful. But what we really want to talk to them about is their efforts as the co-chairs of the Problem Solvers Caucus. Um, As some of our listeners probably know, Problem Solvers Caucus is a bipartisan group of moderate legislators who believe in this most unusual way, that compromise is the way to get things done. That sitting down across party lines, talking things out and working together is the way to get things done. And that's a pretty novel idea in this day and age.
0: Yeah, we've been, uh, been very fortunate to have them join us in, in our board meetings uh, in, in Las Vegas uh, and, and, and uh, give our chance to see our, have them see our members face to face. They know how, how bipartisan housing issues are. Uh, and they've been good good friends of ours, and, and we're happy to have them with us with us today to t- talk about end of the year and, and what the new Congress holds, uh, especially after the election.
1: I think that's exactly what our what our listeners will want to hear. And of course, you and I want to hear about how we, uh, as people inside the Beltway who believe in compromise and believe in taking a moderate approach, can be helpful to them in their efforts with the Problem Solvers Caucus. To me, this is one of the most exciting developments on Capitol Hill in the last 20 years. And if we can help in any way to foster their influence and to help their caucus grow and become even more widely known and respected, I wanna do it. So with that, we'll turn it over to, to you, Jim, and you can get the Congressman on and, and, and see where this conversation goes. Well, uh, again, uh, Congressman
0: Reed and Congressman Gottheimer, thank you. Uh, I know you're, you're, you're on your way to, back to Washington, D.C. for what what hopefully will be the final week of the, the 116th Congress. Uh and, and uh as much as you can tell us, you know, we are very interested in, in the end of the year deals that are potentially happening. You you both uh have been uh leading the charge on the next COVID relief package, something that that our industry uh is is looking for and some of the provisions that have been in, in recent drafts of that legislation uh are very important to us. And and if you could give us an update on, on where you think things stand and the prospects for uh, getting you all out of town here in the, in the next week, but but more importantly, getting something to the president's desk that will help all of America recover from the pandemic.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I guess I'll jump. Well, thank, first of all, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jim, uh, for the opportunity to be here with your members and with you uh, in regards to what you guys do on and home in the home builder world and what you're doing on the front line in regards to, uh, continuing to operate and take chances and make investments, uh, especially during these very difficult times. And uh, and I couldn't be here with a, a better uh, member of Congress uh, than Josh Gottheimer, who uh, we work together very well, as you indicate, with the Problem Solvers Caucus. We represent those 50 members equally divided between Democrat and Republicans uh, that are putting America first. We're still proud Republicans, still proud Democrats, but At the end of the day, we want to find common ground to advance the ball, to get us not only through this COVID-19 emergency, uh, but when we come out of it, uh, to be stronger and to be working together uh, for the common good of the country. And so that is the the mission uh, that we get up every day, uh, Josh and I, uh, to serve uh, in Congress, and it's paying huge dividends. And one of the big dividends that's, uh, I think, hopefully going to hatch here over the next week is the COVID relief bill. Uh, that we're working on. That's what Josh and I are driving back to D.C. uh, today as we're talking to you to stand with our bipartisan Senate uh, colleagues uh, that we're now working with. Not only uh, the Problem Solvers Caucus standing uh, with that group of eight um, members of the U.S. Senate. So now we have those key relationships over there and uh, key allies. We put together a $908 billion deal uh, that uh, takes care of uh, at the base of it, $748 billion worth of r- relief, things like $300 billion to the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, things that are going to stabilize our housing uh, market when it comes to eviction, but also to have the funds there to assist uh, so landlords uh, can, ten- can get access to dollars uh, that tenants have been unable to pay or haven't paid uh, during the, the course of the pandemic so that there's cash flow again being reestablished uh, in that uh, arena. Uh, that, help, that helps um, homeowners, that helps uh, landowners, that helps uh, these tenants. And so that, that is what we're working on as we speak. And uh, the $908 billion includes if we can get the whole thing done. And that's what Josh and I are spending 24 hours a day. We were literally up till 2 a.m. last night, got up here at six o'clock this morning, talking on the phone on Squawk Box at 7 a.m., uh, trying to lay out our vision. Uh, we're trying to take care of our state and local aid, $160 billion piece of that $908 billion. Uh, coupled with liability uh, protections for those people that acted in good faith uh, so that they don't, uh, aren't subject uh, to uh, tremendous amounts of lawsuits exposures uh, during the uh, coronavirus uh, uh, emergency uh, when they were just trying to do the right thing and act in good faith. And I think there's a, a needle to be thread there. And uh, stay tuned. And as we land this plane, that's our goal right now is to get that entire $908 billion package through the system and to the president's desk.
3: Well, if I can jump in, I don't want to get in the way of Reed. You know, he if you gave him all afternoon, he would just keep going here. So, um, uh, but I, I will tell you that this is not Vegas, and Reed and I had a much better time in Vegas. But I'm on the Jersey Turnpike. Reed and I are are uh, drive both driving back to Washington to do what, frankly, we think is what we're supposed to do, which is put country first, ahead of party, ahead of partisanship, and get things done. And uh, put it, you know, kidding aside. I, I couldn't ask for a better friend and partner in getting work done than Tom Reed. Uh, and he, uh, he he shows up every single day when we work together with one purpose, which is to figure out a way for us to get to yes to help people. And um, and I know the home builders, you know, with what you do every day and and to help our economy and our country and employ so many people. Uh, you understand the value of. Of of just getting to a place where you may not get everything you want, but you get most of what you want and move the country forward. And right now, as we're facing this pandemic, we've uh, got 6,000 people who were diagnosed with COVID yesterday in my state. Uh, We we lose thousands of of people every day now across the country. Uh, It's it's heartbreaking. And we've got 30% of small businesses that have gone out in New Jersey. I know Tom's is facing very similar very difficult numbers in the state of New York. And, and it's, as it hits, as it hits uh, across the country in what is probably one of the most difficult couple months that we have faced uh, with COVID uh, heading into flu season and a spike, now is the time we actually have to figure out a way to stay at the table and get it done. And that's always our approach. The bottom line is we understand the value of relationships and building trust and, and figuring out how we can work together and it's, it's really what we need more of in
1: this country. Well, the America's Builders definitely agree with you, Josh and Tom, uh, that the, the time for this complete polarization in Washington is is, is got to be at an end soon. And we congratulate you for uh, what you're doing to help bring that about. Uh, I know that NEHB institutionally uh, will do anything we can to help you continue down this path. Uh, and I know that Jim and I personally would like to help out any way we can because for too long we've seen uh, doors slammed in faces and people not speaking to each other uh, and that's not what is supposed to be about. So um, we're really anything we can do to help you with the rest of this week uh, uh, on the COVID bill. Uh, please know we're at your service. But what about going into the next Congress when uh, when Christmas is over and 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 Hanukkah's through and we uh, we're all back together here in town. What's the agenda? Um, And how do you guys play your role now with such a small Democrat majority? It seems to Jim and I that the Problem Solvers Caucus can really uh, help to dictate the legislative agenda. Jerry, I think you're hitting it right on uh, uh,
2: the nail on top of the head there Uh, in regards to coming the next Congress with such a slight. Uh, majority, you know, it's essentially going to be four, uh, maybe three to five seats. Let's put it that way. Uh, and at any given time, you know, you're always going to have vacancies. You're going to have people maybe missing votes, that type of thing. Uh, but more importantly, uh, I think even with that slim majority, if everybody showed up, a group of us equally divided, and we're going to reconstitute this next Congress with about probably anywhere from 52. We're going to grow in numbers, to be perfectly honest with you. We're at 50 right now we might be at a high watermark right from the get-go at 56, 58, given. Remember, this is an invite-only caucus. Uh, the members have to approve the members who come in. They have to not only uh, talk the talk, if you would, but they have to walk the walk and show the commitments to uh, how we operate. When we get that voting block mechanism of 75% consensus, 51% equally supportive on the Democrat and Republican side, we'll vote as a block of those 50 and be a 52 to 56 members. And if you can bring that amount of votes to the floor of the house, you have a huge amount of influence uh, over what gets voted on the floor of the house from a process perspective, procedure perspective, but also the the shape uh, of what that legislation looks like. And so uh, I think there's a huge opportunity for us. And remember, out of the bulk of these 52 to 58 members that we're gonna reconstitute with, the core group of us, uh, the underlying 15, if you would, uh, on each side of the aisle. We've been doing this now for four years. Uh, we know each other. And most importantly, we trust each other. You know, Josh Gottheimer is my best friend in Congress. I trust him. I have conversations with him uh, that I don't have with people on my side of the aisle, uh, let alone that I have with him. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different relationship. And so we're in a unique position with this thing that he and I built uh, together. And the members that are committed to it have built from their sacrifice and commitment to this, that we're going to be in a position, I hope, to be a voice of reason and also a tool uh, that can do what we articulated in the beginning. We want to govern again. We want to not just pacify our bases on the hard left and the hard right. We actually want to lead. We actually want to get things done. And so that's what uh, I think we have a huge opportunity in the next Congress. And as to the priorities, I'll defer to Josh. Maybe he wants to touch on that or uh, whatever else he has to say. Sure.
3: Thanks, Tom. I'm uh, um, so thank you for your, your very nice words. Uh, and, and Jerry and Jim, what you see here is, I think, the path to actually breaking a lot of the uh, frustration and gridlock that the country rightly, feels about Washington. I mean, if you look at social media, turn on cable news, that's all it seems like are uh, extremists screaming at each other uh, instead of actually focusing on getting things done. Uh, our recipe given for, for success is all about building relationships and sitting down to figure out how we where we can agree. And we're going to be heading into a uh, a time now with very narrowly divided government, as Tom talked about, with a narrow majority in the House. So it'll be four to five seats, probably. Uh, in the Senate, you're talking, we don't know who's gonna be in control, but either way, it's gonna be very narrow. And that means that to get anything done of the president-elect's agenda, we're gonna actually have to work together. There's no way around that, right? We're gonna have to actually, Democrats, Republicans are gonna have to sit down and talk about legislation together and figure out where we can agree. And we're seeing that right now, obviously, with the COVID relief package. That's the only way this is going to make it over the finish line. But I think it's going to be even more clear as an issue in, uh, in the next... In the next Congress. So this is a very good opportunity for the problem solvers, but more importantly, a really good opportunity for the country to actually get things done.
0: Yeah, Josh, it's, it's, it's Jim. A, a, a quick question kind of to your, to your point about we, we've seen uh, what is, I, it's hard to call it a transition, uh, you know, certainly not in the tradition, traditional sense. We've seen uh, every other time uh, we've, we've had a, a general election and presidential race conclude. Um, so so it, it is a very weird time. Um, but but to your point, do, do, what are the lessons we can all take away from this this election, right? We saw the polls were were way out. And you as a as a member of the majority in the, in, in this Congress that's now concluding, but will continue in the majority next year. Uh, but seeing seeing the erosion of the, of the Democratic majority, is it more about the think the electorate seeking the balance that you and Tom. Uh, are, are are bringing to uh, to Congress or, or do you think there's something more is, is there really this big ideological divide even inside the bo- both parties have we've seen kind of a wholesale rejection of the extremes
3: well I, you know i I think it's a really important question that you're asking and I, I think people have had it in my opinion with with uh, uh, the gridlock and the screaming and the yelling and i it's most people I believe in this country are not, don't. And if you look at where things work out in the, in the elections, it's not as if the, it's the extremes are not winning. Um, uh, But there's not that many, when you come to Congress, there's not that, uh, there's not that many seats that are seats like mine that could go Democrat or Republican. A. And then, so what ends up happening is there's a lot of playing to uh, primaries and, and that forces more, more, uh far left or far right conversation and then you know there's not a lot of reward in washington these days unfortunately for working together even though the country actually wants you to it's why they're so angry and and but at the end of the day the incentives are really given where the noise comes from in uh you know and on cable news and social media it rewards the fighting and, and the yelling and the screaming because that gets ratings and gets clicks. And when Tom and I, and the phenomenal group of 50, 25 Democrats and 25 Republicans that we work with now, and the group of senators in a bipartisan way we're working with, when we come together, it's much harder to get attention for it because we're talking about governing, and getting things done. And that's, you know, frankly, doesn't have the fireworks as the uh, as same of the yelling, the screaming, the yelling. As Tom always says, you go to NASCAR, you go you don't go there to watch the cars go round and round people go to watch the crash they want to see right that moment of excitement or my kid I take him to the hockey game he wants the fight he always wants the fight he's like dad when is the fight going to happen i don't want to watch the hockey game and and you know that's kind of the challenge we're in right now but you know I, and and i but i think it's turning because we're getting more and more attention for this idea that we are focusing on which is actually solving problems and doing it in a practical way that can help people. Common sense, basically.
1: And let me ask you this. Um, Obviously, uh, the leadership in both parties has to take a certain amount of responsibility uh, for the polarization and the extreme partisanship. Are the leadership of your two parties coming around and talking to you, recognizing the power and influence you'll have, and accepting it in a positive way?
2: Tom, you want to start first?
1: Well, sure. I mean, I, I think
2: there is. I mean, I think there's recognition that, you know, it's, it's all about 218 votes on the floor, right? And so uh, we have uh, developed uh, that type of relationship. And one of the things that we've always prided ourselves on in the Problem solvers Caucus and the members that we are as Josh and myself is that we don't catch our leadership by surprise. They know what we're up to. They know what we're trying to do here with this caucus. they know that we're committed, uh, out of a good faith, uh, uh effort, uh, to try to do this. Sometimes they've looked at us in the past, like, Oh, this is nice patch on the head tilting at windmills type of, uh, type of, uh, appreciation. But now that the reality of a tight majority and what we've built here over the four years and the strength of this organization, uh, that we put together, uh, they're at a point where they're like, you know what, let's, um, Let's, uh, let's get a little closer. Yeah. So I can tell you firsthand, uh, we have a much more direct uh, communication uh, with leadership uh, that is in the works of being formalized as we speak. Um, that is also something that I think can only benefit everybody. Uh, the more we communicate, the more that we are communicating in real time, uh, the strength of not only uh, the group, but also the, uh, the, the, the body itself can only improve Uh, Because you're sharing information and you're trying to incorporate that information as positive as you can in the agenda uh, that we're all trying to achieve, and that is to advance the ball for the American people as best as we see it. And that's uh, maybe that final vision is not the same for a Democrat or Republican, but 80% of what we want to do for the American people is amazingly similar uh, at its core. And it's just that it's you got to be committed to staying in the room to finding that agenda. Uh, and that's why working with leadership in a closer fashion, I think is going to be healthy and positive for everybody involved.
0: You know, Tom, one of the, it's it's funny you mentioned it. I remember at the end of the summer, the problem solvers came out with a new COVID relief package after talks between McConnell and Pelosi and the White House had broken down in August. And it wasn't maybe an hour or two hours after you released it. I think the speaker and everybody kind of kind of really just, just patted you on the head and, and, and dismissed it out of hand. Uh, we were frustrated. I know that we we looked at that, that that it has all the same elements of the deal that you're talking about now. What do you, you know, what do you think changed in in the intervening months where uh, in in the in, sep- in August and September it was dismissed fairly quickly, and then all of a sudden you have the speaker, uh, you know, e- even embracing the the the, the, the 908 deal. Um, is is it just dynamics of the election, or or, or what do you think happened?
2: Well, I think uh, obviously that had something to do with it. And also, I think the reality of, look at we, we've been working with the White House. We've been working with uh, uh, now the Senate uh, in a very close uh, fashion. Um, they had $1.8 trillion on the table. And you're looking at whatever comes out of this COVID relief deal now, going to be significantly less uh, than that uh, today. And uh, so I think there's a realization that these things don't get better with age. They get worse. And also, you don't know what's going to happen a month from, he- from now. You don't know what's going to happen in Georgia. You don't know what's going to happen uh, with, the, you know, I hope and I, I'm confident that the vaccine is going to get distributed very effectively. We're going to get COVID-19 going into the rear mirror. But how long does it take for us to uh, reestablish our economy? How long does that vaccine really take to uh, get to herd immunity? How long uh, are we going to be at, you know, three months from now, four months from now? So why don't we take what we can And I think the lesson that we that they learned or other people learned was, you know what, maybe we were letting a little bit of the perfect be the enemy of the good. And what we wanted to uh, show them is that, you know what, let's take some good and let the American people have some win rather than trying to hold out for a perfect political uh, victory, because we don't want to give someone a win uh, that's going to advance them towards a White House victory. Or uh, we don't want to give somebody a win or an advantage in a, a special election in Georgia why don't we focus on what's ahead of us? We know the lay of the land for the next week. We know who the power brokers are gonna be. We know who's gotta sign this stuff into law. Let's deal with the dynamic we know today and not assume we know exactly where the ball's gonna go uh, 30 days, 40 days from now.
1: I'm wondering if you guys have ever considered or would ever consider uh, for the Problem Solvers Caucus a, a private sector group of, uh, of, of interested parties, uh, that you could, that you would work with and, uh, and, and bring, uh, bring into the fold. I know that NEHB would love to play a role in such a thing. And it, it, I, I just wonder if you see any value in that. Well, Jerry, I, I, you know, definitely we appreciate
2: that offer. We'd love to have you, uh, uh participate. Um, you know, we do have our, um, You know, we do have our independent uh, packs that we've set up, so there's always support there. We appreciate that very much uh, because we've actually done that to to try to help protect each other because what we're doing, even though it's very positive, is a threat uh, to a lot of um, the established status quo. And so uh, any consideration there would be greatly appreciated because uh, that is uh, obviously something very important so that we can continue this mission uh, as we go forward. The um, you know, we do have kind of, you know, we do have some outside groups uh, that we're not directly related with, but that have kind of done something similar to that, like the no labels organization. they, they were there at the beginning of us, uh, and they have a whole network of influencers and stakeholders out there, um, and they've been great. Uh, they have done yeoman's work, uh, Nancy Jacobson and her team, um, of helping us and, and being a partner uh, in this effort. So that's a resource maybe to take a look at in regards to uh, uh, that, that avenue of support. But I really appreciate that, that offer of help.
0: Josh, we're we're coming coming down to the end of of our time. I know I know you all are, are, are extremely busy, so I'll just I'll just let you get the final word in. What, what do you think of the you know? And Tom was talking about you know focusing on what you can do right now because you don't know the future thirty days or sixty days out. But but what what are the couple things you you think that the that the the problem solvers are 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 going to try to try to tackle the big issues uh, that are out there as you try to. You know obviously you want to work with the the, the incoming Biden administration and, and the new Congress. Um, what what are come with some of the issues tough on your mind?
3: I, I think um, frankly, we've got a, a pretty big agenda ahead of us if we can work together. You've got infrastructure, which, as you know is is key. And I think Democrats and Republicans are we, as we've shown, the problem solvers are willing to come together around it. And I think we can get it done uh, early on. it's it's, it's jobs, it's stimulus for the economy. You can borrow it. Obviously, a low cost right now, which is, is key. And I, I think it's long overdue, and you know something our caucus has been very focused on. We've also been focused on healthcare, and um, which has been really important to uh, us, and, and finding finding ways on uh, immigration reform we've talked about. Um, so there's a lot I think ahead of us. We, we might have to do another COVID relief package depending on where we are in the economy. Um, and where, you know, where our families are and, and our communities. So it's going to be pretty busy those first 100 days. And I think we're going to play, as we talked about, a pivotal role. I mean, just like you're in our communities every single day, I know what's very clear when we're here, Mark and constituents, is they want us to keep working together and, act, and help us through what will continue to be a very tough time in these coming months until we get the vaccine out to everyone. And we're able to turn the corner here and to make sure we get our businesses going.
1: Well, thank you guys very much. We appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us today. Uh, more importantly, uh, we appreciate what you're doing uh, to get America back on the right track uh, to where uh, we, we, we will be able to say uh, with great authority that the leaders in Congress are all engaged in trying to push an American agenda, not a partisan agenda. So with that, we want to thank you all very much uh, and wish you both the happiest of holidays and the healthiest of uh, 2021s. Thank you, guys.
3: Thank you. Thank Happy you so holidays. Be, be safe. Happy and um, and thank you so much for being committed to to what we're, we're focused on here. It really means the world. Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Well, Jim, that was uh, incredibly interesting and informative, don't you think?
0: Yeah, boy. Those are, you, you and I, you've been in town a long time. I've been, it seems like I've been in town a long time. That's the way things used to get done in D.C., right? Good friendships built behind the scenes, working together to move, move legislation through the through the chambers to the president's
1: desk. I, I think we're on the cusp of a new era. You know what, Jim? I I, I think you're right, but more importantly, I hope and pray you're right. The last uh, ten or twelve years, or twenty years, of yeah. uh, this partisan bickering uh, has been frustrating for you and I as professionals, and frustrating for the country as Americans. So maybe. With leadership uh, like Tom Reed's and Josh Gottheimers, uh, we're, we're, we're in for a new dawn. We'll get COVID behind us and get partisanship behind us, both of which have been the bane of the American existence for too long. <laughs> yeah. But with that, I say thank you very much. Jim, I wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases, uh, and I look, talk, look forward to talking with you uh, and everyone else after the holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays.